Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. Because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. And this is episode 67, and it's titled How to Have Sex with Family Around. So, you know, last year we we did an episode on uh, like sex around the holidays, and we were just realizing that uh, when this show airs, it will be the holidays again. But this isn't going to be specifically about the holidays. This is going to be like what to do, uh, like how you can have sex when you've got young kids around, older kids around, extended family staying with you. Maybe you're visiting your family; they're visiting you all the possible life scenarios that can happen and some strategies for how you can still manage to have a great sex life. Mm-hmm. Because we've got some stats in here and the numbers are pretty scary in terms of people's um, dissatisfaction with their sex life. And so we really thought we needed to address that because again, we want the whole world to be a happy, healthy, horny and fucking because, hey, it would make it such a better place. But before we get started, let's give a shout out to our sponsor, Power & Mastery. And Power & Mastery is the most complete sexual training for men to develop your stamina, boost your confidence, and enhance your sexual skills. So check it out at powerandmastery.com if you are ready to seriously change your sex life. All right. And, you know, I want to say also that almost everything that we're going to talk about uh, there's one assumption that has to be made before we start. And that assumption is that you actually still want to have sex. And the reason why I say that is because there are some people in relationships where the sex really, it's just the desire isn't there anymore. And, you know, the relationship itself has changed. And if that's the case, it's not really the focus of this episode. And so we would like to direct you to listen to some of our previous episodes where we've addressed exactly those topics. So in episode eight, which is how to get in the mood when you're stressed out, that's a good one to listen to. We have episode 11, which is how to keep sex alive in the long run. So for those that have been together, when we get to the stats about people with older children, and yeah, you're going to want to go back and listen to episode (laughs) 11. Uh, Also episode 35, what to do if your partner wants less sex than you. Those are the three most relevant, but there's at least five more episodes that we have (laughs) that have bits and pieces that really fit into, you know, what do you do if it's 20 years later and there really isn't any desire there? So, but that's not really the focus of this episode. The focus of this episode is you want to have sex, (laughs) but you got all these people around who all need these stuff blocks. and want stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Little cock blocks, big cock blocks. <laughs> so let's start with our first scenario when you have family that you live with. And so the most common challenge is definitely for parents who have kids. And one of the questions that comes up over and over is how do you have a healthy sex life with kids? A lot of the couples that we work with, that's literally what's going on for them where they've had kids and they have no idea anymore like how to get back into that sexy part. And so this is really what we want to help you with. Now, we want to give you some stats because I was actually very surprised about some of the numbers. So we found those stats from 
from familylives.org. And so they carried a survey and some of the numbers are that a huge majority, 86% of the respondents to that survey say that they have sex less often since having children. Okay, so 86%. That's that's not good. So that means means their sex life uh, is less frequent than before. But the next stat, I think, is even worse. 73% say their sex life had definitely taken a turn for the worse since kids came on the scene. So, by the way, this is like every man's worst nightmare. Mm. And, and, And one of the major reasons, by the way, ladies, if you're listening, that men are resistant to having children. Because, you see, we get together with this woman because we love her, we're attracted to her, we like having sex with her. And then she's like, okay, let's have kids. And all of a sudden they start realizing, oh, wait a minute, I'm not going to have access to her any longer. The time I get to spend with her is going to be very small. And then the sex is going to go away. And all all the things I got into this relationship for are going to disappear. So... I would say if you're listening, ladies, and you have kids and you're not feeling super motivated to have sex, it's definitely worth it for you and the long-term health of your relationship to make this a priority. Absolutely. Now, there was a stat here that I was very surprised with, and then, Kevin, you had an answer to it, because it said that parents having the least sex are the ones whose children are teenagers. And I was like, well, how is that even possible? That does not make sense. Well, on the one hand, it doesn't make sense because, you know, you tend to think logically, which is that, you know, teenagers don't require as much care. Mm -hmm. So you're not like, you know, on top of it 24-7 all the time. Mm -hmm. So you have more free time. So if you have more free time, then you must be having more sex. But what I was thinking uh, was likely the cause of that is it means that they're They've been together in a relationship a lot longer. So their kids now are in the teenage years. So that's at least 15 years, maybe 20 years they've been together, maybe more than that, right? Mm. And so it's not so much the kids that are the problem at that point. It's the adults that are the problem (laughs) that aren't making sex a priority anymore. They've let all kinds of relationship junk get in the way. Or they've just plain forgotten about it because they put it on hold for so many damn years. Mm -hmm. Now, we have some other numbers here. Just under 27% of all parents who responded to the survey said that they just don't have the energy for sex. And I think this is like, I I can have compassion with that. Okay, I know how demanding it is to have kids around. To have sex with me, to keep up with me. Not just to have to keep up with your kids, with life, (laughs) and with a job, with the household. And I get it. Sex becomes one more thing on the to-do list that you have to do. And at the same time, I think that we have to get out of that, oh, I don't have the energy, so I can't have sex. Because it's kind of this, this loop. You Actually, if you have sex, you have more energy. But if you don't have enough energy, you don't have sex. But if you had sex, you would have more energy. And it's like chicken or egg, which one starts first, right? Yeah, both, both directions are self-perpetuating. Mm-hmm. So the less sex you have, the less sex you want, generally. And that's not true for everybody. But, and then the more sex you have, the more turned on you are, more frequently, the more sex you want. So. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. like I have noticed for myself, and I'm, I'm really speaking here to a lot of the women listening, uh, but also a lot of men because I see that in my private practice too where it's just a common theme that as a rule most people are 
overextending themselves. They are stressed and they just don't have more time or energy and having sex is one more thing to do on the to-do list and it's draining just to think about having sex. Um, ultimately, we have to trick our brains and not let our brains decide, I'm not going to have sex because I'm too tired. And you have to reframe how you do sex, how you view sex, and understand that you actually feel better after good sex, after sex, and you feel before. But it's really hard to get started. So if you can just convince yourself that it doesn't matter, even if you're not quite excited about it, you're going to give it a half hour. Trust us, you are going to be happy. Yeah, you, you, you've got to treat it as an essential self-care mm-hmm. tool. Yes. Right, it's something that is essential to your well-being and the well-being of your relationship. Um, just one last thing from the survey was that respondents reported lack of privacy and time as the two biggest reasons. So there's obviously more reasons than that. Those were the two biggest ones that people reported as really negatively influencing their sex life and their ability to have sex. So we have a list of tips here for how to do better. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, one how do you thing, deal with that? One thing that you need to remember is you're not alone. It's not something that only you is dealing with. It's something that every person on the planet has to deal with to a, a, to a certain level. You know, not everybody has kids, not everybody has several jobs or stuff. We all have different pressure and demands, but we all have to deal with a lack of time and a lack of like privacy sometimes to a certain degree. And then once we become creative, that's how we can get solutions. So know that you're not alone and know that it's possible to shift things around. Yeah. And I know, you know, some people uh, will be saying, well, sure, that's easy for you guys to say because you don't have kids. It is true. We do not have any kids, but we have both been step parents for multiple years in previous relationships. Mm -hmm. So we know what it's like to try to have sex when kids are around. (laughs) (laughs) We do. We do. All right. So let's stop with... Start with our tip number one, Kevin. Okay. Number one is be affectionate with your partner around the kids. And this is something that a lot of people just don't do. Mm-hmm. They want to isolate children from sex so much when they're young that they also take away the, the affection. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. You, you really have to draw a distinction between affection and sex. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly fine to be hugging, to be kissing, to be touching, to be saying nice things, to be acting in that amorous way around the kids all the time. In fact... I don't know if there's any research on this. I imagine that there is, but it's my opinion that that will actually then teach them how to have healthier, better relationships in the future. So you're actually not just doing yourselves something good by showing the affection. You're actually helping to train the kids. What does a healthy relationship look like? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then also what's happening when you start to be more affectionate, whether or not you're around the kids, is that it doesn't become that the only time you're touching is when you want to get some. Because then it's like, I've heard stories of people being like, when he wants to get laid, he touches me a certain way and I know where it's going. And I'm like, this sucks because you're not appreciating the touch, you're not receiving it. So if you start to make affection part of your daily life, then you're not, you never have to be this junkie for touch because you don't get enough and you never have to like pull away from it because you, it means that you're going to have to give something in return. And I think that's very important to be aware of that because it changes how you can receive and give the touch. Yeah. 
Our second tip here is to start with age-appropriate um, conversations about sex. And I think this is really essential. So it's easier for me probably because I grew up in Switzerland. It's a different culture. And I had parents who gave me sex education that were age-appropriate from uh, comic books for kids to like later on like real more nerdy stuff about how babies are made. Um, but that's something we talked about. That's something we discussed. We looked at the book. It had real nudity. It, expa it explained everything, how, you know, how the sperm travels and like how the babies are made, the stages, how the baby is made, like actually parents making love. It wasn't like graphically porn, but it explained that parents need to have their time. And I think if you lay that foundation, it creates different expectation. It creates a foundation that is so much more healthy. Yeah, well, the, the problem is, is when, you, when you completely hide all of it from kids and you don't tell them these things, then you're trying to have your moment, right, in the bedroom. And then all of a sudden the kid walks in and sees something that looks like wrestling or, you know, <laughs> like you do far more damage. Like if they accidentally walked in and said, oh, yeah, I understand what that is. I mm -hmm. shouldn't be here. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into why they shouldn't be walking in on you in the first place. But... <laughs> Number three, you want to make time for it. That means you have to put sex back on the agenda after children. And I know it sounds crazy. You mean when you have to put it down in the calendar? And yes is the answer. You should have a weekly date night as a given just because you're a couple and you're together, whether or not you have kids, just because you want to invest in your relationship. And you probably need to have sexy time. And it doesn't mean it has to lead to penetration sex, but at least to some naked connection. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be a six-hour tantric lovemaking. You know, if all you have is a half hour, just do a half hour. Anything is better than nothing. <laughs> no, nothing. Or Absolutely. Nothing. Absolutely. All right. Number four. Oh, this one's <laughs> going to be maybe a little controversial for our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> But it's stop sharing a bed with your kids. Mm -hmm. So we know a lot of parents who are into more of the new age uh, style of you know parenting, which is they will co-sleep with their kids. Now, with babies and infants, that's pretty normal. The difference is, is that as they start getting older, uh, a lot of uh, these parents are continuing to co-sleep with their kids for a long time. And that, I mean, if you want to talk about a cock block, this is about the biggest cock block that you could possibly have. Mm -hmm. Now, when, when children are infants, you know, it's not uh, unusual for parents to like put the kid over to the side or, you know, put the kid in a crib next to the bed and still make love. But once they start getting a little older, there's no way that's going to happen, right? So having them co-sleep in the bed, the only time that the two of you get to be naked together, well, you're not going to have sex when that's the case. And the other problem with that is, is the time that you do want, like, let's say, you know, you have the kid co-sleeping with you and you say, Friday night, that's the magical night. That's when it's going to happen, right? <laughs> and then you try to tell the kid, you're going to sleep in your room tonight. 
No fucking way. Mm -hmm. You want to see the tantrum that this child is going to throw? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. So the problem is, is that, that you're trying to do something that you think is good, but it's actually long term as they get older going to do more harm to both you and them because the attachment they've built is stronger. And it's going to be even more difficult to get them to go do their own thing. Mm -hmm. So, And uh, sometimes it's used as an, as an excuse, you know, and I've seen it where women are like, hey, I just sleep with my children and my, my husband's on the couch. And I'm like, you know, you got into this relationship because of your husband and you need to make him a priority. You can't just always put him last on the list of things if you want this to be thriving. Your kids are going to go. Your partner's supposed to stay. And so, like, think long term. And think also in terms of attachment it's always going to be painful the day you cut the cord off. And there's going to be multiple versions of cord cutting of time where you're going to have to let go. And this is one of those moments. That's right. <laughs> and that's all. <laughs> the next one is to set appropriate boundaries. And I think it's very uh, appropriate to put it right after that because it does come down to boundaries. What does it look like to have personal time for yourself or time um, as a couple without kids? Um, have one-on-one -on -one time with your kids. You know, like have boundaries around what's appropriate, how it's appropriate to act around you. Like don't allow things that you're not comfortable with just because you don't know how to say no. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of um, the appropriate boundaries. And, and other appropriate boundaries are things like when the bedroom door is closed, you don't bother us. Mm -hmm. You don't walk in. And what goes along with that, of course, is, is further on down the list. We'll talk about it again, but lock the door, right? Mm -hmm. But the idea is that you set boundaries. Like I know when I was a kid, um, if my parents' bedroom door was closed, we didn't go in. No. And we didn't bother them unless it was an emergency. Mm -hmm. You just cut your finger off or something. Yeah, you, you go pound on the door. Otherwise, you wait until they get up. Uh-huh. And usually you had to knock. That's what I had to do. I had to knock until they would come and open. And it was like, I'm so sorry and stuff. Like, I couldn't just barge in anytime I wanted in their bedroom. That's for sure. I have seen so many parents who do not lock their door. And then the kid comes in, and then they get into an argument, and then they put them back to bed, and then they yell at them, and then they close the door, and then the kid comes in, and it's like, why don't you just lock the fucking door? <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, the kid will realize it's useless to come because the door's going to be locked. But you got, you got to set boundaries. That's the important part. Um, and of course, you want to make nudity normal, which might sound weird. I'm glad that I'm the one getting this one because it's like, again, culturally speaking, I grew up in a family where it was totally okay to be nude, uh, going to the bathroom from the bedroom and stuff, and we never made a big deal. Again, there's a big distinction between nudity and sexuality. This is not about having sexual acts in front of children. This is about like normalizing nudity, that it's not a big deal. You're showing up good, proper body image, you're being normalizing something that's natural, and that creates a healthy foundation for a healthy sexuality that also makes you into a place of healthy sexuality. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, again, how much more damage are you going to do when you've withheld this for X number of years mm -hmm. and then they accidentally walk in because you forgot to lock the door that day, even though you knew you were supposed to lock the door? Right? It's like all of these things, every time you withhold, 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 deny, you know, mm -hmm. all that, eventually, if something happens later on down the road, it causes more harm than if you just made it normal. Mm -hmm. So you make it normal that nudity is okay. You teach when it's appropriate and when it's not appropriate. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. right? And then if they happen to see you naked walking from somewhere or post-sex or whatever, it's not a big deal. Absolutely. And then you want to make sure that you communicate between yourself, your partner, even your kids. You know, again, it always has to be age appropriate, but have communication too with your partner, especially if you like feeling resentment that you're not getting the sex you want and need or you're not having the time, the connection that you want. First, acknowledge that there's frustration and then acknowledge that there's a desire and a willingness to recreate that connection. Yeah, you know, talking about it is huge. In fact, in in one of the articles where uh, we got some of the statistics from, uh, they had some stories from people who responded to the survey. And one Mm -hmm. of them was um, they were parents of teenagers and they were interviewing the man. And the man basically said, you know, in the beginning, we weren't really having sex that much, but I didn't say anything because I figured it would get better. Mm. That's what he said. And now, and then he continued on and said, and here we are now, you know, the kids are 15, 16, 17, uh-huh. and it's not any better, mm-hmm. right? So this idea of like, well, I'm just not going to say anything because I know eventually blah, blah, blah. No, you need to talk about it. You always need to talk about it. And don't whine about it. Don't complain. Don't be a bitch about it. But just like, behave. this is what's going on for me. Take responsibility and and state what you really want instead, you know, because I really just want that connection. Do you remember how much we love touching each other or making love or having hot, passionate sex? I want that with you again. Yeah. All right. Uh, Number eight is put your partner before chores. So Mm -hmm. here's the thing. The list of chores never ends. Mm -hmm. It literally never ends and especially never ends if you have kids. (laughs) There's always going to be 10 more things, 50 more things Mm -hmm. that you got to do. But like we said at the beginning of this list, which is making it a priority... Well, yeah, you got to put them uh, ahead of some of the chores. You know, you Mm. do what you have to do, obviously, the things that are necessary. And, you know, you'll probably realize that some of those things really can wait. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But again, if you are in a beautiful space uh, with your partner as parents, it creates a much more harmonious energy for the family. Now, you want to teach your kids to respect closed doors, like we already mentioned. What you teach them when you do that, you teach them to respect other people's space. And that's really essential because having sex requires some privacy. Yeah, and this isn't just about respecting your space because, I mean, yeah, that's important. But as Celine mentioned, this is actually teaching them a bigger life lesson, which mm-hmm. is to respect other people's personal space. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're actually using this scenario, this situation as a way to teach your kids an important life lesson. Now, this is my favorite. Go to bed early at night and go to bed together. This is one other thing I've seen. Like uh-huh. one of my clients, they're dealing with that. Like the nighttime is his only time that he can unwind and has time for himself. But she likes to go to bed early and she kind of goes like, hey, I want to join me with to bed. And that's kind of her signal of saying, let's have sex. Um, and he's realizing that if he doesn't make it, he doesn't get any. And then in the morning, there's the kids, you know. So there's all these things that come together. So it's like, hey, think about that. Like, go to bed early. Make it and go to bed together because it creates a special bond. Yeah, it's kind of hard to have sex with your partner in the <laughs> bed if your partner's not in the bed with you. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple, right? But, but you know, I, I sort of um, understand 
your client because I often feel the same way that the evening time is the only chance I get to really like sit down, relax, decompress, you know, even if it's just reading some articles or a book or something, it's just that's that's unloading the stress of the day. But, you know, like the way we handle it is we just make sure that we have certain days set aside. Mm -hmm. So I get that time at the end of the day on some days and other days I make it a priority to give that time to you and us. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's that's a pretty easy way to do it. So I'm going to go quickly with a few here because I want to go to our next section of this. Um, Obviously, we've already talked about this. Lock the door. An idea is to keep the noise level to a minimum. And it's okay if they hear some noises. You know, obviously, like some moaning and stuff, like like if you like into real dirty talking or like really bad words, maybe <laughs> refrain from it. Like, hey, you like this bitch and stuff. Like, who were you talking to last night? I heard daddy say that, Just you know. Keep the hardcore BDSM for yeah. the nights when you have a babysitter. Exactly. <laughs> but I think we have to get over it. It's life. Again, it's okay to have some noises, but keep them a little bit no- lower or play some music, have a background, TV noise, whatever it is, or a fan, white noise, like there are ways around, which means too, you can get creative, get creative around when you get together or how you make this work. And then another strategy is to go for it first thing in the morning or Better yet, one of my clients did that. Just put your alarm clock 20 minutes sooner in the morning and just use that time for connection. And above all, remember the love. Speak each other's love language daily. If you want to have sex, you need to have your love container to be filled. You need to feel that this is a strong connection, that there's more to it than just the sex. And you need to have that love tank full. So make it a priority to speak each other's love language. Absolutely. So, so that was pretty much all focused around when you have kids. Uh-huh. But there may be other situations when family are around too, right? Like they're visiting you for the holidays, you're visiting mm-hmm. them, right? So, you know, if, you, if they're visiting or you're visiting and it's only, you know, two, three days, it's like whatever, pretty much everybody can, you know, hold off <laughs> for a couple of days. And, but what if it's extended? Like we just spent three and a half weeks in Europe. Uh-huh. Two and a half of which were with your family. I know. So how did we do it? How did we have sex? Did we have sex? Oh, yes, we did. <laughs> oh, yes, we did. Oh, yes. Then we are about to give you some good tips here. Hey, at least this time uh, you didn't ejaculate all over your uh, mom's comforter. That's true. We were more prepared. We were more prepared this time. <laughs> <laughs> so remember, it's a true story. <laughs> sex is normal, sex is okay, and sex is what people do, okay? So um, keep that in mind. I, we have this dilemma, too, because we go visit families. Uh, my family lives on a different continent. Your family lives on the other coast. And so we always make it a, a little while, like worthwhile for the trip to, to be, you know, worth it. And so we deal with that every time we go visit, like there's at least a few weeks, like at least like 10 days to like weeks or nearly a month. So we've become pretty creative. So one of the things that we've learned is you absolutely need to keep time for yourselves. And it's a tricky one because you're so happy to see your family. You want to give them time. You want to give them attention. You want to make that time matter because you only have this short period of time. But you got to remember that the unit of love that you are, you and your partner, you need to keep that time for yourself. So you can't always give everything to other people. So keep some time for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And that can look like a lot of things. So like the number two on the list, or no, sorry, it's number three on the list is to 
get a hotel room. So one thing that you can do is if you're going to visit them, you can go a day or two early or, or maybe stay an extra day or two afterwards or just say, you know what? We're here for two weeks, and on Thursday, we're just going to do something on our own. Mm-hmm. We're just going to go explore, have some downtime, mm-hmm. and then go get a hotel room. Yeah, you don't need to tell them what you're doing. You don't need to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> and make some time. Yeah. Very important. Keep the sex going. It is too easy to get off track. It's much harder to get back on the sex train than it is to fall out of it. And so I think we have to like work at it and we constantly have to work at it. After nearly four years now, we still have our ups and downs where we go through lots of sex, less sex, and we constantly have to course correct. So even us who love sex, focus on this, work around sex all day long, we still have ups and downs and we need to make it a priority and we, mm-hmm. we, that's a choice that we make. It's life, right? Yes. Like we're entrepreneurs, we're working hard, we're busy, <laughs> we're tired, just like everybody else, you know I mean? And yeah, you just have to make it a priority and you have to be able to have honest conversations and say, you know what? I've noticed we're not having as much sex as we usually mm-hmm. do. And mm-hmm. then, okay, well, what can we do about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, the same same thing applies here when you have family visiting or you're visiting. Do an early to bed evening. Just send everybody out to a movie, but you or tell them to enjoy the kitchen or whatever, and you guys go to an early bed. Like that's it. Um, one thing that I've noticed too is we talk about sex around my family. We even talk a little bit about about sex around your family. But I think mine's a little bit more open. But here's the thing: like they 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 know you're doing it, so might as well just say it. Are you sure? How do they know? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you don't have to put it in their faces. But at the same time, like, honor their relationship and the special bond you have. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Normalizing it makes it a whole lot easier. It does. It does. You know, if if when you say, um, you know, we're going to go to bed early tonight, they understand and feel that it's normal. They go, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Other than... Wink, wink. (laughs) But why? We haven't even talked and there's the this and the that. You know, it's like... Let's uh, play Monopoly tonight. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The same thing here applies of the closed door policies. I mean, I think it's essential. And please don't share a bed with your parents. (laughs) You know, I would say... That doesn't even make sense, except for the fact that we actually know some adults who do that. Yes. Please, for their sakes and your sake, please yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's okay no. if you're on a trip and you're co-sharing a space, which we did, and it was two nights, and we still managed to give you a blowjob, but it was kind yeah, of but weird. But they weren't in the same bed. They were in a different bed downstairs. It was just in an open, open loft space, with, a, yeah. with a line of sight that was not so great. <laughs> yes, and I was like giving you a blowjob, and I was like, this is it. This is the, as much as you're getting. We're going to get some more once we have a little bit more privacy. <laughs> But definitely, I mean, like, you know, you're caught in a foreign country somewhere and all you can find is a tiny hotel room with one bed you share, like whatever, you know. But in general, (laughs) you really shouldn't be sharing a bed with your parents past the age of about one, (laughs) in my opinion. (laughs) I know there's a lot of other opinions about that, but at very least they stop at least around six. (laughs) Uh 
And then our last tip here around um, keeping sex alive when there's family is to set healthy expectations and boundaries. Expectations of how much time you're spending with them, boundaries that you need us time for the relationship and you know get give your parents some time also like to spend time with them by themselves and then time with your partner like give everybody some love some good attention and set good boundaries yeah well that'll just make the entire experience more enjoyable because you know everybody everybody after like a certain amount of time starts getting a little tense you know in those situations so it's like yeah give give them time like i know when your family was visiting here you're like here's my car Go have fun. Exactly. You know, exactly. Right? We went and for they, a night out too, where we're like, oh, we're going out. Uh, we have two cars. So we're like, you can use our car, this car, and we'll take our car. And like, here's the key. Have fun. See you tomorrow. And they loved it too, because they went and ate at all the restaurants we won't eat at. Exactly. <laughs> that worked out. And here's something that you say too about how this tension that comes up and piles up. And we have a few, we have three additional tips, I think, or two additional tips that we want to give you. And number one is use lovemaking because we know that when there's family around, it's actually stressful. Use this lovemaking to relax. Yeah, relax and, and ease the stress. <laughs> exactly. Remember, this is like, we call this, we have cockspring. <laughs> and vaginal. So you <laughs> need a right. good dose of cockspring and a good deep application of vaginal. Uh-huh. And you'll feel much better. Trust <laughs> That's us. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving my names away. I haven't, I haven't uh, trademarked them yet. <laughs> GM, GM. <laughs> uh, a couple extra tips. Um, you know, if you're going to be visiting family... Doesn't mean that you can't still be sexy, so bring a little sexy lingerie with you. Kinky, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you could even bring your toys with you. You know, just again, <laughs> noise levels, you know, whatever. But if you're going to do the hotel room thing, hey. That works out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then remember, do new things with each other because that that brings the creativity that sparks it back. And, you know, vacations are a great time because usually you're a little less stressed, more relaxed, and you do some new things. And anytime you have this creativity, this new juiciness, it translates into the bedroom. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Now you have absolutely no reason to not have sex when the kids are around or when their family's visiting or your way visiting them. There are absolutely ways that you can make it work and you will be better off. The family will be better off. Everybody will be better the off. The world. And remember, it was only 86% of people. That means a 14% of people are still having great sex. And you want to be in that 14%. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's not limited to 14%. In fact, how about you contribute to making the 14% become the 86%? Oh, yeah. Mm, we hope this was inspiring. And we will see you next week. We hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, leave a comment and share it with your friends. And if you want more, we have an entire digital library with the best sex tips and relationship advice at CelineRemy.com. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y.com. So join us in the sex vault to continue this adventure. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing.